0: Tēnā koutou. You're listening to a co-education podcast pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities.
1: Kia ora, Koroshial Tokoingawe. My name's Rochelle and I'm here today with Dr. Michael Harvey who is a senior science teacher at Marlborough Boys' College. Kia ora.
0: Kia ora, Kia ora.
1: Can you tell us a bit in terms of your experience of teaching boys and some tips that have worked well for you with engaging boys and I'd also like to share my experiences with my sons and get your perspective as a teacher on that.
0: Uh, yep, I'll, I guess I'll just start with my uh, pipiha, just to uh, give the listeners an idea of uh, where I'm from. Uh, ko uh, a te Moana, ko nui a Kiwa Moana, ko te Awa, ko nati Pakiha te Iwi, ko Manatoki te Marae. Ko Harvey Takafanao, call Michael taku ingoa. So yeah, I'm, I'm Michael Harvey, a senior science teacher, as you've mentioned, originally from Sunny Gisborne. I've done a bit of international teaching. My first teaching job, though, in New Zealand was at St. Peter's, which was, again, an all-boys school. Then I moved overseas to teach in co-ed schools in Malaysia and, and China, which has given me an interesting perspective on how, how boys and girls learn. And now I'm back, as you've said, at a boys' school presently at Marlborough. Yeah, so I I guess from my perspective, I see the whole thing around teaching boys as about relationships. So boys are essentially relational learners. And I I guess most of my research around how to approach teaching boys has been based around the work of Celia Lashley. So I know that you've read this book and reread it uh, in recent times about growing gorgeous boys into good men. I also recommend the book Reaching Boys, Teaching Boys, um, Strategies That Work and Why by Michael Reichhardt and Richard Hawley, who, who published that in 2010. So one clear strategy that uh, I look at is learning about the boy, getting inside their head, about recognising uh, their desire to actually live in the moment. That's from basically neuro neuroscience. I'm a science teacher. Boys' frontal lobe development isn't quite there, so they tend to live in the moment. They have kind of an inability or potentially an unwillingness to plan their lives. And actually in lockdown, conversing with the boys in an online platform, also the idea that boys need challenges and very high expectations to be placed on them so they can actually reach that. But a lot of that in the classroom compared to being actually online during lockdown is related about mana and wakama. So basically a lot of boys have a fear of failure and embarrassing themselves in front of fellow students. So I've actually found that online, that's kind of diminished. So that's actually allowed me to have more interaction with the boys actually in a digital context and reduce that fear of failure so they're actually achieving more. Girls do indeed learn differently, but I would not say that they learn necessarily better than boys. I'd suggest that boys develop um, the idea of resilience uh, later than girls. And it appears that initially, when I start teaching in a new school, the first response from boys is actually the only emotion they seem to show initially is anger and you really have to develop that, that relationship and work through that anger to actually see the boy behind that. And also the idea of loyalty uh, is important to a boy and a lot of peer pressure is involved. Yes, yeah, so that's kind of my original or my initial uh, perspectives on, on teaching boys. Oh,
1: kia ora. Thank you. Yes, Homai Tapaki te to Celia Lashley. I still I have constantly revisited her book and in fact when when I was thinking about this I was driving in the car with my Tamaporteki and I asked him because again she sort of advises when you're doing the dishes, when you're driving in the car, you know, having those casual conversations and I said to him, What are what are three things that are that are positive that teachers do that really help you engage with school at high school? And one of the first things he said was exactly what you said, was the building genuine relationships. And and also last night we were talking about this over dinner and my husband also affirmed that where he was saying when he was at school, there was a student who uh, a lot of the teachers struggled with and often he would come into the class having been sort of described as perhaps a challenging student and would exhibit behaviour that was perhaps not conducive to him learning or others but uh, his social sciences teacher she discovered he was really into hiking and she was really into hiking and so she would talk to him about that and she would say oh I did uh, the blah 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 and sorry I'm not into hiking so I can't think of an example but she did various hikes and she got him engaged like that and my husband said that he just excelled in her class He always did his work, he was a really sort of engaged student and again it was about that genuine relationship and my son was saying that we're the teachers who have taken the time to find out who his favourite basketball team is or soccer team or that he likes sport because we all want to be seen as individuals but as you say it seems to be even more prevalent to really help boys stay engaged with their schooling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, boys are less pragmatic, I guess, than girls. A girl might hate the teacher, but or not get on with the teacher, but she rationalises, I need to get this pass, so I need to perform. Whereas a boy says, well, if you're not really interested in me and, I don't care, and you don't care about me, why should I care about this? And look, you as a teacher and also the subject that you're teaching.
1: The other two things that he brought up, which I'd be really interested in your perspective, One of them was with regards to offering choices, so offering options. So he is loving maths in a way that he never has before. He's always been really good at maths. And to me, see, I would be like, I'm great at maths. Why wouldn't I love it? But he's always sort of hasn't really loved it. And also he's really loved science because both his science and his maths teachers, they give very broad options. They say, this is the kaupapa. This is what we're studying. You come up with an experiment that you choose and then you run it past me. And if it gets sign off, you can do that. So, and also with English as well, they had a designer poster for a cause that you like. And he said what him, and also when I talked to my Tamamatamua, both of them said, when we get choice, that's when we love what we do. We do really well at it, rather than we're all going to study about climate change. And I want you to design a poster. They love that the least. They like a broader range. Is that something you've ex- had in your experience?
0: Yeah, so for example, I'm being a science teacher, so that exact example. So at the moment we're doing bodily systems, so we're doing respiration. And so essentially what I've given them as the exercise over this this lockdown is that they're to design an experiment around heart rates and exercise and I think the advantage of that as well is because I wanted to involve their entire family within the process as well so I also as an aside uh, get to learn more about their families so for example uh, the conversation I had with a student just now who we're discussing uh, via email his, his assignment so it's basically oh I'm going to get my 20 month year old sister to run around the room like, well good luck with that um but you know um uh, <laughs> Uh, design yes yeah, so so there's lots of agency with that and they they see that they're actually developing their own independence and it's also an important skill for them as well but yeah as, as an aside it also allows me to develop that relational learning as well because I learn more about their family
1: that's a that's a great example because that's something that I've definitely struggled with with my Tamariki at high school where you go from that one-on-one relationship where you might have even known their teacher for years and years and years in terms of them being at a primary school to suddenly you may not ever meet the teacher, depending on when the meet the teacher's time is, and usually you, it is, you know, for sort of 15 minutes. And so that ability, as you say, to actually connect, it, you get to know the student even more, and it comes back to those authentic relationships, doesn't it? It comes back to those genuine relationships. The last tip that my son had, <laughs> which he liked uh, with regard, is he said probably the most important thing for him was he wants to know how it relates to the real world. So he wants to know why is he learning this. He doesn't want to just learn it for learning's sake. He wants to know how can I use this in the real world. And he gets really excited when, again, his science and his uh, maths teachers have been brilliant at giving examples or like last night we were talking about algebra and my husband said I still use algebra when I need to paint the house I had to work out exactly how much paint do I need to work the house and so they had a great involved discussion in that as opposed to well you need to learn this for year 10 maths (laughs) which doesn't fly with him.
0: Yeah I mean I guess in terms of the pedagogy that I use I use especially in junior science a more project-based learning approach So basically, the assessment is actually authentic in the sense that the the boy cannot prove until he's learned something, until he has actually done an operation on that. So there's actually an active process. So basically, they're, they're showing the learning by developing a new product through studying a particular topic or creating a product that actually demonstrates that concept under study. So, yeah, so it's basically creating an authentic audience that the students, um, well, the boys are are working towards. I have seen this actually in other schools as well, in technology departments, for example, where the teacher has got an outside source of they need something to be built, and then the students actually work towards building a prototype for that particular object. And that way the students have a more real-world context to build around, and they can see the learning actually has a point.
1: Great. You also made me think of the last thing which I've observed throughout primary and also in high school, which is project-based learning. And I know it's not just exclusive to boys because I know for myself, when I went to university, they were starting to bring in more projects as opposed to just exams. And that's something I loved and excelled at because, again, like my son, I want to know what's the real world, real world application of this. And often you can present it in a really interesting way when you have that finished product. And um, something my son loved doing last year over lockdown is you got to research a family member who was involved in World War II and you had to come up with a digital outcome. So that day when he was able to do this in terms of lockdown, he spent eight hours researching the family member He learnt how to use iMovie, he recorded his voice, he took photos digitally and put them into iMovie, he created um, a movie and also learnt how to use Google Draw in terms of family tree and taught himself all these new skills because they had a purpose, they had an authentic reason and there was also the carrot of there was a monetary prize, (laughs) so there was a huge... (laughs) A huge motivation for him and that project-based learning seems to really sort of motivate both of my tamariki. Is that something you've seen as well, obviously?
0: Yeah, exactly. The fact that you've got an authentic audience and you actually have to be committed to something and at the end of the day that there is actually consequences if you don't follow through, I think does drive the, the boys especially but as you say, it does also work for girls as an effective motivator as well. And also, the, also as you mentioned, the all those other skills that go along with the learning, which you don't really sometimes uh, take full value of.
1: Yes. And I mean, one of the things also, it loops back to me what you were saying about whakamah or wanting to to have a, a sense of pride in what you're doing. Other people are seeing it. And in fact, at the end, I was saying that's really good, just send it in. <laughs> like he was trying to sort of, you know, it's not Lord of the Rings. And, but because it wasn't just a project that you submitted to the teacher, because it was going to be seen by his class and also by the wider community, he really wanted to make it as good as it could be. And that's what I really loved about that, the authentic learning of that. Is there anything else that you can think of that we haven't covered that you wanted to mention?
0: Yeah, I guess going back to my earlier comments around one of the first emotions that, because of the way that you, the male brain is developed, is that one of the first emotions that present with young boy, with boys is anger. Uh, in the classroom, you have to be very aware that that humour is actually a very useful tool to kind of break through from that tension. So, especially with my boys, I try to alleviate the tension by yeah, a bit of bit of humour in the classroom because you're, you're the adult in the room, so you should be uh, the one in control. So yeah, uh, using um, a bit, bit of humour to kind of alleviate things and break that tension so we can get on with the learning. Um, that's that's one thing. Oh, and uh, it's also the strong kind of boundaries in the classroom. The routine is important, I think, for boys especially. I know that in, in lockdown situations we have at the moment, routine's important for me. So uh, it's also critical for boys as well to make sure that they uh, keep on the straight and narrow. <laughs>
1: one of the things that you were saying then as well was it did remind me of a conversation. What he really likes, as you say, is is humour from a teacher, but also he's quite talkative. And when the teacher's wanting him to settle down, he said, I really respond well. If my teacher says, okay, that's enough, you know, stop talking. He said, I just get on with it. But sometimes if they say, okay, don't talk and, and really sort of go from zero to a hundred, it sort of mm. doesn't really, you know, sort of work so well. And so, as you say, because of the whole yeah. anger aspect, I think that that's when the it, anger...
0: It builds that confrontation. And I, I think also when you're dealing with that situation, you have to give the, the boy a choice. Rather than saying, you will not talk, although you go to the principal's office, you, you give him the choice. It's like, okay, you can continue talking, that's fine, but there will be these consequences, or you can then focus on what you're doing.
1: Brilliant. Is there anything else that you'd like to say, or is, do you think we've uh, completed? <laughs>
0: I've got lots of things to say, um, but yeah, I think for the moment that that's kind of distills my kind of booze. I, I think the important thing, I think it's all education, only with your students, but also your colleagues, is kururu, talk, communicate, develop that tanga, and then the learning can take place.
1: Kia ora, tēnā te, re te koe. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
0: No worries. Namihi nui. You've been listening to A Education Podcast pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. The Naraco.